In the fall each year we all congregate The bound all gathered at the church of Pilgrim The scriptures reading from the book of Monson Our favorite verse, my God, a precious Drunk and obnoxious, what Georgia faith Ain't nothing finer in the land Now the 3,000 of our best friends It's Saturday in that thing Welcome to the Saturday Afternoon Podcast. I'm your host, Seth Saunders, joined as always by my co-host, James Kim. What's up, brother? My heart rate is up a little bit, but we're sitting at 2-0, and or 3-0, and and we have a 1-0 start to the conference schedule. So, all is well, but, whew, didn't like how it turned out. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely an interesting game, to say the least. And let's say for what was considered a very, very dull slate to start the day turned out to be a very exciting college Saturday. Yeah, 100%. We are going to dive into all that. I want to address a couple things first. Number one, gigantic thank you to our presenting partners this fall. Uh, Classic City Collective, Haver Supply Company, and Peach State Light. Love all of them. If y'all are not following them across all socials, get on that. Um, if you are not drinking Peach State Light at the tailgates, and all week long, if you need a little respite, then I don't know what's wrong with you. It's outstanding. Uh, owned by a DGD, started by a DGD. Classic City Collective is the engine that is making uh, Georgia Athletics go. Uh, great people there. Get on there and join the 21 Club. 21 bucks a month helping Georgia student athletes. Have a supply company. Awesome stuff, man. They sent us over some hats that are just so legit. They have an entire UGA collection in there, as well as just kind of some lifestyle brand stuff as well. So please go check all of them out. We love having them all on board this year, and are, uh, they've just been fantastic. So that's the first thing. Second thing is, if you're watching this, you may ask the question, why are you wearing an Orioles hat on a Georgia podcast? There's a very good answer for this. My boys, the Balmer Orioles, after seven long, long years, are back in the playoffs as of yesterday at about five, or I guess four Eastern. So I am just all the way fired up. And uh, yeah, I know most of the folks that follow this podcast are Braves fans. And that's cool. We grew up in Virginia. Uh, the Braves were the AAA affiliate. Uh, at Richmond for many, many, many years. So a lot of people we grew up with also Braves fans, but not your boy. Cal Ripken was my guy. Uh, been an Orioles fan since I was like three years old in the 87 All-Star game. So uh, it's been a tortured, tortured existence. And so I am just flying high today, baby. Go out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyways, that's uh, that's the reason for the hat choice. Had to honor my boys. Demos are, are flying high. Hopefully we get us this vision crown here in the next 10 days or so. But uh, yeah, you brought up the college football slate. We were kind of moaning about it, which is, that was bad decision on our part. First off, we should never moan about any college football. All college football is better than no college football. Brother, college football was drunk as a skunk <laughs> on Saturday. Like, Florida State goes up to Chestnut Hill. BC gives them all they want. That ends up being 31-29. Colorado, Colorado State, the whole nation's eyes were tuned into Boulder. And then they are up till almost two in the morning on the East Coast watching that bananas game in double overtime. 
Uh, Colorado State almost pulls that upset. Alabama scores 17 points against South Florida and was, what, tied at halftime? Like, boy, they are. They got some things going on there. Also, man, we can talk about this, but in what world would you not play Jalen Milrow? I, I just I don't get it, man. Of, of the quarterbacks on their roster, he is clearly the most talented. So, yeah, I didn't understand that. That's a whole other conversation. And then not to bury the lead or anything, but the dogs, I think, gave everybody high blood pressure, and everybody was calling the cardiologist through the first half of that game, losing 14-3 to South Carolina in a game that had a 27.5-point spread. So that certainly was not how anybody anticipated it would go. And, I mean, homie, what else am I missing? What other games? I just feel like all the games all day were crazier than we thought or anticipated. They were. Oh, dude. We got to talk about the thicker kicker, 61-yarder in Columbia, Missouri, to beat K-State. I mean, that was bananas. Tennessee got their doors blown off in the swamp. Yeah. Dude, I totally forgot. Yeah, Tennessee got hammered in the swamp, which continues their trials and tribulations in Gainesville. What are they now, 2-17 and in their last 19 trips to the swamp? Uh, I mean, crazy day, man. It was a... Just bananas day. Alabama's outside the top 10 now in the AP poll for the first time in seemingly forever. Uh, yeah, it was just, it was something else, man. Which, and then to lead into next week, where it is a blockbuster set of games, like every time slot, there's a bananas game happening. And so, man, God, I love this sport. It's just the best. And we, we haven't talked about the people's champ being at college game day, which had me all kinds of fired up. So yeah, dude, it was uh, it was it was something. Man. College football is the best. But yes, I was college football world was nursing a hangover Sunday morning because the sport was tuned up, tuned up. Yeah, it was a highly entertaining day. I mean, I'll start with the the Alabama game before we get into the dogs game. I did see quite a bit of that game. And once again, I'll go back to exactly what I said after the Texas game, their O line just looks terrible. They Mm -hmm. both quarterbacks were getting pressured all day long. I think Buckner got gave up, was sacked five times and then Simpson was sacked. No Buckner was sacked three times. Simpson was sacked five times. So they gave up eight sacks to South Florida which by all intents and purposes has top to bottom one of the worst rosters in the group of five. Mm -hmm. They got problems much more serious than quarterback. I'm not sure. Somebody tweeted out that this may have been Saban's way. And I'm not sure if Saban has gotten to this point in his career, but everybody being so unhappy with Milrow's play that he was basically being like, look, this is what we have behind him. Like, they're mm-hmm. talented enough to beat South Florida with whoever's at quarterback just by the rest of the talent on the roster. But this is who we have behind him. I think there's something behind closed doors that we don't know about the reason behind the benching. Maybe there was a suspension. Maybe there was something else that just they was handled in-house that hasn't gotten out. There's something else. There is absolutely no reason, not for the benching, but that he didn't play at all. Yeah. Maybe there's an injury. There's something else going on there. But that was not the biggest story. That was my biggest takeaway from everything because we're, you know, we're a Georgia podcast. We're more concerned with the SEC. Tennessee losing, 
not as big a surprise, but the way they lost. They got dominated in that first half. I mean, they their defense, Graham Mertz shredded them. It's Graham Mertz. Yeah. I, I was shocked. And they were they were able to move the ball, but Hypo kind of got in his own way a little bit because he was getting frustrated with the refs and kind of started being like Lane Kiffin. And instead of taking points, was kind of going for it a lot. So it was a very poorly officiated game. I will say that if I was a Tennessee fan, I would be livid with the refs. But at the same time, you can't just blame the refs. You gotta you gotta take the points when they're there. Let's talk about the dogs. They did what they had to do to win the game. The defense played stellar in the second yep. half. Rattler looked like he was what everybody thought he was going to be with his Oklahoma in the first half. He couldn't miss. He was hitting every single pass that he threw out there. It didn't matter if it was a bad pass or not. He could not miss. But they have no running game. They are extremely one-dimensional. And in the second half, Mm -hmm. Georgia adjusted and was just putting pressure after pressure after pressure. And we were able to do it with a four-man line most most of the second half. We were able to drop back in coverage and cover those guys and flush them out with a four-man line. That helped a lot. Also, as far as the offense goes, I am so sick of this fire Bobo crowd. These people have so much PTSD from the previous years with Bobo, and they didn't appreciate what we had beforehand with Bobo. And with the 40 points a game he put up in his first run, they, they aren't appreciating what we have now. We're running the exact same offense we ran the last couple of seasons with Monk and people. The exact mm-hmm. same damn offense. It's different. It's a different quarterback. It's different running backs. I'm sorry. It's just a different team. Get used to it. You're like, you, you don't think that we ran screen passes on third and goal from the 17 last year? That happened. We were taking the safe. We were taking the safe play, hoping we could bust one to get points. The difference is, Pod made those kicks last year. This year, our freshman kicker is missing them. That's the difference. We ran those plays last year. Kirby is conservative with those plays. That's Kirby, not the OC. That's Kirby's philosophy. Sorry, getting on my soapbox. I'm so tired. Tired of seeing this fire Bobo crap. Anyway, moving on. Offensive line, Taylor two halves, not very good in the first half. Second half, much better. But Wes brought it up in our preview show very, very well, I thought. The running backs need to make the O-line look better. The holes are there, but they need to make more yardage out of the plays. They can turn a three-yard gain into a seven-yard gain by bouncing out, breaking a tackle, stuff like that. Dejon back made a huge difference. I said this in the preview uh, in preview to the season. I thought Dejon had a good shot at getting 1,000 yards if he was healthy. And he got a 100-yard game, first game back. I still think that. Dejon is the best running back on this team. So him being back will help this offense gel more. Yeah, I posted a video yesterday morning talking about the offense, and I said it was the Charles Dickens offense. It was the tale of two halves. And in all honesty, it was kind of a Charles Dickens team. Right, It was tail of two halves for both sides of the football. And let's kind of get this out of the way, too. Can we just talk about the new clock rules stink out loud? Oh, my God. They like, do. 
Georgia had three offensive possessions in the first half. It's just, I don't know, man. I wasn't happy about it when they made the change. And the way it's played out with all the commercials and I don't know, man. I, I don't like it. It's, I know they're, what they're trying to do. They're trying to mimic the NFL model and, and all this stuff. I just don't like it, brother. And, yeah, so, and we can talk about that at a different time, but I thought it played itself out in the first half. This game, I thought it's played itself out over the course of the first quarter of the season thus far. Um, I will say this, though. I was surprised about a couple things offensively and defensively. I think to your point, yes. I think Coach Bolo has gotten entirely – too much flack. If you're watching the game on Saturday in the first half, dude, there was multiple plays there to be had. It's just for whatever reason, whether it was pressure or whether it was making the wrong read or, or whatever it was, right? It just didn't get hit. And so that was part of it. I mean, there was zero verticality to the offense in the first half, but they were moving the football. And like, to your point, again, missed field goal and like, had to settle for a field goal on another drive. And so, in theory, that game could have very easily been 14-14 at the half or whatever, you know. It's just they weren't finishing the drives. And so, the other thing I thought was interesting, if you look at the end of the game, Georgia had 29 first downs on Saturday. 29. Yeah. That is a boatload of first downs. It's not like they're stuck in a quagmire and not moving the football. So, I think that's a piece of it. The other thing is, Dejon comes back, right? And, and I, I feel like in some ways we have said this a bunch throughout the course of the show over almost four years. Football teams are a living, breathing organism, and they are constantly figuring themselves out over the course of the year. And I think this team is in that. I think this expectation is back-to-back -back national champions. Kirby's built this behemoth where everybody just plugs in and everybody's a machine and they roll forward. And it just doesn't function that way, man. Like, this team, you can tell, has not found their footing yet and has not, I don't think, become a unit cohesively. And I think some of that is getting used to a new quarterback. Some of that is their best running back has not played until Saturday. Some of that is the best wide receiver has not played yet. Um, you could argue one of, 1A or 1B, their best defensive back didn't play on Saturday. So, like, all these things matter. And everybody has to find their spot and find their footing. And what has encouraged me is, is that each game they have played better as the game progressed, which I think is a good thing. Um, and dude, in that second half, they came out and dictated everything. They dictated everything offensively. They dictated everything defensively. Look, the defense looked very mortal in that first half. Spencer Rattler, I think, was 16 at 18. You know, almost 200 yards. He's got the touchdown on the first drive. He wasn't getting pressured really at all. Comes out in the second half and goes, I think, 6 for 22 for under 100 yards and throws two picks. So that's the ball game, right? And the offense comes out, and instead of being bop, 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 nothing vertical, they start hitting the mid-range. South Carolina's defense expands out a little bit. Dejan starts finding some creases. They look great, you know? And so, I don't know, man. I, I'm not nearly as sky is falling as everybody else is. All of the talent is there. And it's just everybody getting comfortable and everybody coming together. But, yeah, man, I, I've not had problems with the play calling. It's just hitting what you got to hit. And, man, 
Can we talk about the transfer portal additions too? Like how big have Rara Thomas and Dom Lovett been in these first three games? Rara had another big catch on Saturday, like stretching the field. Dude, Cash Jones shows up again. Dylan Bell had seven carries, which I really like that dynamic, that kind of thunder and lightning-esque between Dejan and then Dylan. I just think Dylan's got this great shiftiness. Dude, Dejan is, we love him. I think we have loved him since the first time he started getting carries. It's just he is a natural north-south positive yardage heat seeker. Like yeah. he's fantastic. And we need that, man. And I think the way he finds the little crease and he's got great vision and his health is of paramount importance in my eyes. And uh look, man, let's talk a little bit about Carson too. I think everybody has been hard on Carson, you and I included. I think it's because the expectation is so high and we just want things to be this locomotive. And he is finding his way. And I think to his credit, when they were down 14-3, he came out in the second half and he was nails, dude. I mean, did he miss a throw in the second half that you thought, oh, he should have hit that? No, he had a couple throwaways. There was nothing that was egregious. No, and dude, another game with no turnovers. So he's got, he's put up one interception and the interception, if I'm remembering right, against Ball State was a tip ball. No? Didn't it, didn't it hit somebody yeah, in the hands first? Yeah, it did hit somebody in the hands first. So, like, I, I just – dude, he's doing what they want him to do in the offense, which is protect the football, move the machine down the field. Here's the big difference so far between this year's team and last year's team. No explosive plays. That's it, right? We've had no, like, two-play drive three-play drive. It's all been eight, nine, ten plays. Dude, that's tough. That's tough to constantly finish that out. So if you're going to gripe about something, that's the gripe. We need some explosiveness to take pressure off the offense having to go 10, 11 plays, score touchdown. But otherwise, man, take a deep breath, folks. Like, Everything is just fine. It's just looking a little different this year than it has in the past. Just give the boys some time. It also, with the new clock rules, those eight, nine, ten play drives, you don't get as many of them. So I think that's another reason why it looks so different. Yeah. So we did have the quick hitter, the quick drives in the second half. That first drive, I think, took two and a half minutes maybe maybe three and a half minutes i mean it was a fast drive with uh the first drive in the second half everybody knows well i mean you know this better than most when you're playing quarterback there's progressions when you're going through like the every play a pass play has this is your first read this is your second read this is your third read and everybody's talking about the two plays dylan bell running butt naked on um in the first quarter and then the double reverse pass Mm -hmm. where marcus was wide open and he threw to brock we don't know what the reads are, the progression of those plays are. We just don't know what they are. But both of those plays, those guys are wide open. And not wide open by a little bit. Marcus had about five-yard separation. Dylan had 20 yards of separation on that play. Like, I don't know if that was a busted coverage or what, but there was nobody there. Uh, yeah, that was a bust. They busted that. I guess in the past, it's with Stetson and even Jake before him, they were a little bit more patient, I guess, 
and Carson, because he's newer, doesn't have the experience to be a little bit more patient and let the play develop. If his first read's open, he's taking it every single time. That's, yeah. I guess, with experience, that will come. He's kind of reminding me so far a little bit more how Jake was in 17. And the first read's there, he's taking it. And he's not letting the play develop as much. The O-line and pass ball, he now granted, he did get pressure. And it kind of was a little encouraging for me because I, I texted you this. When he got pressure and he got hit a little bit, it seemed to give him a little bit more confidence and a little bit more zip a little bit because it's like he settled in a little bit. Yes. It's like, all right, I'm getting hit. I'm into this game now because yes. once he got hit a little bit, it's like, okay, he started to move around a little bit more in the pocket. He wasn't, you know, that play where the, the pocket collapsed in the middle opened wide. He took off. He had a pass. He had a pass in the middle open. He could have passed it. It wasn't clearly open, but he would have had to force it, but he took off and got 10 yard, 10, 12 yards and then got the personal foul penalty. That's that's encouraging. That's what we want to see. Take what the defense gives you instead of, you know, trying to force something. We were worried about whether he was going to do that or not. He's showing his athletic ability. He's letting letting the play develop in front of him instead of that he's once he settled into the game and after he got hit a little bit, that started to happen a little bit more. He instead of just taking the first read, and that happened a lot more in the second half. That played a rah rah um, perfect example down the middle of the field. That definitely is not your first read on that. You have mm-hmm. to let that play develop. So that was encouraging. See the difference in the second half. I hope that we'll see that more against UAB and then as the season goes on. I'm really glad you bring that up about him looking more engaged after taking a little bit of fire. And I was thinking this yesterday, and I was I wanted to bring it up with you is. He has proven, I think, through the first three games that he is plenty mobile and is plenty athletic to work in that space. Man, I think there is some merit early in games, which we saw Coach Munkin do with Stetson last year to kind of get him in the flow and get him comfortable. I think, man, we should add a little zone read piece in there where if Carson needs to, he could pull it and go. I just think, man... I can't remember if it was the first game. Yeah, I think it was the first game, and then you you brought the run uh, against South Carolina. But both those times when he had runs, it kind of seemed to flip a switch on him where then he kind of started feeling himself a little bit. And so why not turn that engine on intentionally with a little something like that mixed in the first drive? Let's have a little zone read here where we're just telling Carson, like, pull it and go. Also, hey, man, wouldn't be the worst thing – to put that on tape so that that's something defenses have to honor. So instead of it being, oh, we're not going to have to spy, so we'll just take the extra guy and we'll flow him somewhere else. Like I think that was one of the benefits of Stetson that never got talked about is you couldn't really put the 11th guy somewhere else or kind of shade somewhere because Stetson will scoot. And so why, why, let's create that with, with Carson. I, I think that opportunity is there. Um, so I I'm interested to see that. I would love to see that kind of become kind of a wiggle there every once in a while. I don't know. We'll see. But, yeah, I think that's a fantastic point that you brought up. I just think he does. He gets – it's almost just like it settles him almost and, like, takes some of the jitters out. Like, I don't know how to explain it. But, yeah, I think that's real. I think it's – I think you see it in his body language. I think – yeah, I just think he changes when that happens. So that is is absolutely something – that I want to see. Okay, look, I said this on recap video yesterday too, but 
Yeah. Tyke Smith, man. Like, healthy Tyke Smith has just been unreal. I, I thought, again, you're just, you're seeing it, right? He's, you can't not see him on that defense. And I think when Javon's healthy again, and you have Javon and Malachi and Tyke, and, and look, we talk about Tyke a lot, but like, obviously, Malachi is outstanding. Outstanding. Like, he is first-team All-American, and if anybody doesn't vote him that, they're an idiot. Like, he is just an absolute field tilter. That kid is so, so good. And what did he have, three three deflections Saturday? I mean, he, dude, he's just he's doing everything. Here's the other thing I loved about Saturday. Dale and Everett, Kamari Lasser, both played really nice ball games, I thought, and made adjustments as the game went on to, to play really nice ball games. So... I'm real happy with where the secondary is. And I think that was a question for everybody going into the season, though. I think everybody's concern was how the secondary was going to gel. And that was one of my big questions. Because even though Bullard was a starter last year, playing safety, that's basically three new starters. So moving Taiki to start. Mm -hmm. And I was really concerned about how it was going to gel. Kamari has looked so good and so physical. He's looked like he's taken on a leadership role this year and um, he's looked amazing. Mm-hmm. I, I could not be, I could not say enough positive things about Kamari and that play that he made, I, I think it was in the second half. It was a first down play and they did a wide receiver screen and he tackled the guy five yards. Like, I mean, he was shot out of a cannon and that set the whole mood for that yes. entire, that I think that was the first drive, their first drive of the second half, right after we got the touchdown to um, bring it within four and that was the first play, mm-hmm. and that just showed the the defensive mindset of the change of how physical the second half was going to be. Tyke, I went out of the box a little bit when I said I thought he was going to lead the team in interceptions. I don't really think that anymore, but, I mean, he's showing why he was an All-American at West Virginia. Yeah. So he was an All-American that transferred to Georgia. He's been injured for two years. He's a previous All-American. So he's showing that. He's showing how physical he can be. And he's just – he's all over the field. This secondary might be – better than last year's it really might be when fully healthy Bullard being you know he was out but I'm not a hundred percent sure that we missed him as much I know we gave up a lot of passing yards in the first half and but I think that was more the fact that Rattler was on fire not necessarily the fact that we were missing Bullard now granted our secondary is better with Bullard I'm not saying it's not Bullard is amazing I'm just saying that it's not like DDS was out of position DDS, like, I mean, he was in position the majority of the time, and the Rattler was just making great plays. Like, I mean, he had a couple of jump balls. I mean, there's not, I'm not saying Bullard would have stopped those either. <clears throat> the secondary has been one of the bright, brighter spots that for the start of the season, and I'm pleasantly surprised at how quickly they gelled. I wasn't expecting this until we got in the middle of SEC play. I thought, too, one of the bigger differences between first half and second half was pressure. I, look, he he was not rushed at all in the first half. I, I can remember maybe one throw, and it was the Xavier uh, Sori rush where he absolutely demolished South Carolina's right tackle, which was outstanding. He didn't get home on it, but it was incredible. And I, that was the only time he looked flush the entire first half. I thought the second half... They did some different things. I think the plan originally was, look, they're not going to run the football. We feel good about our D-line against their O-line, given what happened with North Carolina. We think we can get home. And so we're just going to do that, right? 
and we'll drop everybody back and make him beat us. And I think it backfired a little bit because he just said, great, bop, 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 bop. And he was on fire, man. He couldn't miss. And then second half, I thought they did some things to bring a little more pressure and give some looks. And he was rushed. And he's different. I mean, all quarterbacks are different, but he is absolutely different when he feels a little hurried. And, yeah, he uh, – I will say this, though, to, to his credit. There was a play – I can't remember if it was the third or fourth quarter, maybe fourth quarter. Michael comes straight up the gut. It was a four-man rush. Michael does, like, a twist, comes up the gut, and is coming right at it. And I mean face mask right into the breastplate. Yep. Dude, he stood in and delivered a beautiful ball over the middle, and receiver just dropped it. And so, and that was tough. That would have been a first down. Would have been an incredible play. And who knows what happens. But I just thought they rushed him more. I thought they got more pressure, and it changed things. And then they started to feel better. It's weird. I I don't want to say they've come out flat, but it's kind of felt that way. It's felt like all three weeks the entire team has come out kind of we don't really know how to get our own engine going. Does that make sense? Like it's just there's been no fast start. And I mean that on both sides of the ball. It hasn't have we had a three and out on defense to on the first offensive drive? No, Any of the three games? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. So like that's what I mean, is it's not just offense, it's both sides. I don't know, man. Maybe we need to break out the smelling salts or something. Like everybody needs to get lit before they come out. Like, and I don't think it's like they're re- you know they're reading their own press clippings or anything. I really think it's maybe it's leadership, maybe it's motivation. I, I'm I'm not sure. And I think part of it, I th- really think part of it is is that competition. This is kind of reminding me of how Kent State, Samford. Mizzou last year, you know, those games last year against those teams. And I mean, unfortunately, South Carolina fits that bill this year. They're just not on par. I I do want to go back to the pressure thing. In the first half, we were bringing pressure, but we were doing it not with our line. We were blitzing a lot, and which is uncharacteristic of Georgia usually. We were blitzing, and we were blitzing up the middle. We were bring, we brought on the touchdown. We brought both middle linebackers. Yeah. The first touchdown, the wide yeah. receiver screen on like third and whatever. We brought yeah. both middle linebackers, and I mean Juice Wallace just made a a great play. You know, I do think there was a hold on the outside. Just kind there, of though there out. was, there was, there was a lot of <laughs> holes that were not called in that game. But hey, let's let's not you know digress about the refs. Shout out to Juice Wells, you know former JMU player, uh, you know transfer yeah, from JMU. That's right, that's right. Go Dukes. Um, who are three and zero by the way? That's right, right over Troy. Uh, anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> so we blitzed and we did that several times where we blitzed both middle linebackers and left the middle of the field wide open for these shallow crossers. And I mean, Rattler could just, you know, if they, we got no pressure for those on any of them. And then once we went back to going more towards stunts and maybe bringing one backer or more pressure towards the outside, that seemed to work a lot better in the second half. So bringing with our three down linemen and bringing one guy seemed to work a lot more than bringing five. Um, which is kind of unusual. You think bringing more guys would work, but they could not handle the stunts at all. The South Carolina offensive line couldn't. 
Yeah, I, they just looked. I don't know, man. It was. It, but again, I said it. You know, it was tail two halves. I thought both sides of the ball looked night and day. First half, second half. Um, you know, you brought up the kicking game a little bit. I. That is something I am a little concerned about because there's going to be a point where you need a big kick, and yeah, I don't know, man. I I don't know if it's. I don't know. I mean, we're not talking like we're missing 48 yarders, 47 yarders, where it's like, you know, I kind of understand that because that's not a chip shot or anything like that, but the operations should be smoother on some of these kicks. And so that makes me a little nervous, man. There's going to come a point, maybe not in the regular season, given what we've seen thus far, just because, man, I just, Ole Miss maybe? I don't know. That Tennessee team has not been impressive. And even with the win over Tennessee, that Florida team, what about them scares you? Like, I just, I don't know, man. That, that, there's not much left on the schedule that you kind of have pause about. I, I am very interested, you know, Auburn's got A&M this weekend, which I think we'll kind of see a little more about what Auburn is. But they got to go to the Plains in two weeks. That's going to be different, man. That's going to be Carson's first road start, first road game of the year, and it's in one of the, if not the toughest environment they'll have on their schedule this year. So, yeah, I, that, I still – I've said this all summer, but I think that will be a test. Um, yeah, man, I, the kicking thing makes me nervous. I just I – don't, I don't like not having an automatic option within 40 yards, and it doesn't feel that way right now. It's like, all right, everybody. Put your seat, put your seat down, and put your seatbelt on because this is going to be a ride. Um, so yeah, we've I, been I, spoiled over the years. So this is have, definitely, we, yeah, we absolutely have, man. We have one hundred percent have. Let's talk a little bit about the games last week. I just want to touch on a few things. Number one, I'm gonna tell you something, homie. If I was doing a ballot right now, I would have the Washington Huskies as the number one team on my ballot. There is no more impressive offense in America than Washington. I sent you the clip at halftime of Penix's stats and their triumvirate of receiver stats. Like, homie, they are legitimately, yeah. I think, going to have three 1,000-yard receivers. Like, yeah. that is bananas. I, I believe it. He's thrown for he's thrown for 1,200 yards in three, really two and a half, really like two and a quarter games. Like, it's unreal, man. And he has, I, I know it's, early to talk about the Heisman, but he's not even mentioned. Like not not even a a thought he needs being to be given him. Yeah. He, oh yeah, he definitely does. He is right up there. Like all the like talk about it is, you know, Shador, Travis Hunter, and Caleb. Mm-hmm. And he's not even on the list. Oh, and um the Washington State quarterback. Uh his name is escaping Dude, me right now. Washington State had having a good start. They play Oregon Who's State Saturday, which is going to be a great game. Oh, I'm so looking forward to Man, Oregon State's looking good. Their defense good. is smothering. So, and yeah, dude. DJU looking good, man. I'm beginning to think that mm-hmm. Clemson's issues weren't really DJU. <laughs> I'm really starting to think that. Dude, do you remember? Do you remember when we opened against Clemson and we like got in that argument with the Clemson fan leaving the game because he's like yes. crashing DJU? Yes. And we were like, dude, DJU's a good ball player. Like, you guys, I don't know why you're so down on DJU. And they're like, remember the guy was like, I know football. Trust me. I've been I know watching football. football for 40 years. <laughs> yeah, I know football. 
he's not it. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> okay, bud. I think he's it. I just, yeah. Yeah, good for him too, man, because he seems like a good kid. So, good for him. They have been the butt of many, many jokes, but through the first three weeks, Pac-12 been a lot of fun and a lot of fun games yeah. on tap this weekend in the in the Pac-12. Oregon, Colorado, I'm going to tell you something else. We are, we are very much Coach Prime. I love what they're doing in Boulder, but I'm going to tell you something, boy. If I am a Buffalo, I am quite nervous about facing Van Lanning's Ducks. I yeah. just, I don't, uh, yeah, that is going to be a fun game, man. There's a lot of fun games, but that one's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Ohio State, Notre Dame, I'm fired up about that, man. I am very excited for Sam Hartman to get a national platform on Saturday night and see what happens with them. And given what happened in Chestnut Hill, that Florida State-Clemson game looks a whole lot spicier than it did before, right? Like, noon kick in Death Valley. Um, dude, good TV all day long. I'm not as concerned about that Florida State-Clemson game as everyone else seems to be. Mainly because that was BC's um, Red, Red Bandana, Bandana game. game. It's, their, yep. it's their biggest game of the year. Yep. BC's not very good, but that that is their biggest game of the year. It's BC's... That would basically be like their rivalry game if they, you know, um, in place of that because of their, the tradition with the Red Man in the game. I just, I'm not as concerned about Florida State. It was their sleepy noon game type situation. You know, they did yeah, enough yeah. to win the, they did what they had to do to win the game. Yep. They played lethargic. Travis got hurt in the beginning, came mm-hmm. back. They got up big and kind of were like, oh, we're going to coast. And then BC came back. I mean, they were up, what, 31-10 at one point, I think, and then um, BC mounted the comeback. It wasn't like they weren't in yeah. control the majority. They were down 10 nothing, then got up 31-10. They were in control the majority of that game other than probably, like, 13 minutes. So I'm not as down on Florida State as that one. I'm not saying Clemson-Florida State isn't going to be a game, and I'm not looking forward to it. Don't get me wrong. But I just – I'm not as concerned about Florida State as I – as a lot of people are after that game. Sneaky fun game on Saturday, which is snuck in so early in the year this year. Battle for the Golden Boot, LSU Arkansas on Saturday, which LSU, woo, boy, they came out and dump trucked Mississippi State, which we got to talk about this. Something going on in Starkville. That offense, something is, something is amiss. If I was a, fan of the Bulldogs from the West, I would be just frustrated, I think, because you had to figure coming into the season, you've got Will Rogers coming back. We're in good shape, right? And boy, they have looked just dead on offense. Like no, no juice, like no, nothing. The whole reason they hired Arnett was for continuity. Yeah. And I feel like they've got less continuity that they've got somebody new. Yep. And they've got yeah, it, it doesn't make any sense. They look so disjointed and out of sorts on offense and on defense. Like they don't look anything like they did last year. Not gonna they're not gonna look the same from year to year, but they just they don't even look like they're running the same schemes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I watched like the three three five doesn't even look like the three three five. I watched a good bit of that game on Saturday and yeah, it was I mean 
it was not good. Also, it helps when one of the best players on LSU's roster shows up. I mean, Malik Neighbors was a revelation on Saturday. So that's helpful. Jay Daniels also played outstanding. And as you know, I have been neither here nor there about him being a dynamic transformational player, but he had a whale of a ball game Saturday. So, and dude, Arkansas didn't look awesome against BYU. So, I mean, look, they scored some points, but defense did not look great. I, they got a really tough schedule coming up. I, well, I hope Boss Hog gets them straight. I would love to see them pull just the, the monster upset on Saturday because I would, I would assume the line on that's going to be heavily favored for the Tigers. I hate to say it, but I really think that Pittman's going to be out after this season. I just I don't see him surviving this stretch. Well, dude, their their schedule does not set up well. Um, it no. just does. I mean, they are they could very easily be sitting at two and six at some point um, come Halloween. So yeah, it's 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 a tough stretch. All right, brother. Well, um, dogs opened up as a forty point favorite, which I hate. Do not like that line at all, but I am very jacked up for a night game at Sanford Stadium. So, can we please have more of those? Like, let's highlight that atmosphere as much as possible. Y'all make responsible decisions in Athens on Saturday, too, please. <laughs> it's a long time to okay. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um, I am going to Destin this weekend. Uncle Chris is getting married, so I will be in Destin this weekend. Uh, so maybe we'll get a little remote coverage from, from the panhandle of Florida. So my first time going there, so that'll be that'll be interesting. We will uh, we'll get a preview out to y'all and pick some games. Let me just tell you, your boy over here is on the struggle bus when it comes to picking games so far this year. It has been not great, not great. Also, let me point out that if y'all are looking for a total to bet, y'all need to dial up one eight hundred James because my boy is gonna lock you in with some winners on a total. So <laughs> just the over under king. Hey, I told you, man, that's my specialty. What am I, fifth on tally right now, I think, oh, for yeah. the year? Something like that? Dude, unbelievable. Just ripping just ripping totals. I freaking love it. Um, all right, brother. Well, we'll see you at the preview. And until then, go dogs. Go dogs. Hey, George is better now.